everybody's talking about freedom, like our freedom's being taken away. Like, what does freedom even mean? Like, mm. um, and so I, I was kind of, that was on my mind. And then I felt like I got like a, for want of a better word, like a download. Well, more like mm. I remembered something yes. that was activated in me by this current situation where I just immersed myself in this um, natural environment where the river is flowing and the reeds are like moving back and forth and these otters are checking me out and for me to completely just get out of my mind and feel into what it would be like to be part of nature and then I was like fuck I am part of nature this is I'm remembering that um yeah the otters are ottering and the the river is flowing and the reeds are reading and clouds going by and the rain's coming down and it's all just happening it's the big happening it's the mystery right how it's all happening mr ben brown ladies and gentlemen my guest on today's episode of the life expander podcast welcome guys as always it's so great to have you here today um, for another episode that honestly was just awesome um best way to describe it me and ben got to sit down and have a cool chat about various topics to be honest um, i got to know ben recently we connected and um it's been awesome uh getting to sit down and hear a bit more about ben's story uh has been really interesting and um, his life experiences have have been pretty interesting to say the least and he has a lot to offer um in this conversation we chat a bit about ben's history his uh, career in kayaking as a professional kayaker uh, and then how he transitioned into the uh, online space and was one of the first to ride the waves of the youtube gopro vlogging scene and uh, ultimately how he ended up being able to travel the world content creating living a life that most of us could only dream of and uh yeah, we tackle some interesting topics. We chat about the deeper, meaningful questions of life. Um, some of Ben's struggles with mental health and how it's such a real thing. Uh, how we have both come face to face with our addictions. And we actually have quite an interesting conversation about marijuana. I'm sure you guys are going to really enjoy that one. Um, we tackle topics like breath work, um, health, what does it mean to be free, uh, what's going on in society these days. And uh, just a real conversation, guys. It was awesome. I can't wait to put this out there and I can't wait to hear your feedback. But just before we delve into the episode, I want to take a quick moment to mention the Expanded brand is doing some exciting stuff at the moment and we are about to release a new range of nootropic products and uh, cognitive enhancers, something I've been passionate about for a while. I've been working in the microdose space uh, with various plant medicines and so as well as catering to that um, side of life, we are in the process of uh, finalizing a nootropic product that we're excited to get out there. Um, our online store will be live soon and we'll be able to get to your products anywhere in the world, guys. So really excited about that. Keep an eye open and uh, yeah, reach out if you're interested. I can tell you more about it. But without further ado, let's delve straight in and uh, enjoy this episode with Mr. Ben Brown. Energized. Yeah. So, something that I've found to be true for myself is uh, there's definitely no such thing as coincidences. 
<laughs> hey, right. So I, I was thinking about, you know, even how I've formed this connection, how I mm. met you. And it was actually through Tara. Mm. And she was telling me about how she first met you at a random cold swim, I think in Camps Bay somewhere. Yeah, Saunders Rock in, yeah, Bantry Bay. Yeah. yeah. And she met you there. And then that was, could maybe pass as a coincidence. And then she met you at a festival. Unfortunately, I was so bummed I couldn't be at. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was working, but she said she had such cool conversations with you and you guys were literally camping next to each other. She came home and she was like, you got to meet Ben, he's such a cool guy. And uh, I didn't really think much of it because I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure I'll never meet Ben. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> then we walked past you in the street, yeah, in Scarborough. Yeah, and, uh, randomly. Ran so, randomly. Randomly. <laughs> yeah, man. So I was like... When you start paying attention to the signs out there and just random connections, interactions, mm -hmm. you start realizing that everything happens for a reason. Well, that's what I found to be true. So, mm -hmm. um, and how beautiful is that? Yeah. Just to have that like trust mm. that, oh, everything is unfolding in perfection. Yeah. Like even if I can't see it all, all of the time. Yes. And yeah, those little synchronicities um, certainly... I believe that they're happening all the time, all around us. It's just how present are we to them? Yeah. How many of them can we notice? And I find, for me, the more I notice, um, the more there's like this feeling that rises up in me, like, oh, I'm actually a small part of a much bigger picture that's just unfolding, and it almost doesn't matter what I do to a certain degree. Um, it's going to be happening anyway. So I either like join in with the story that's unfolding, or I'd just be like, coincidence. Yeah, that's so beautifully put. I, I choose the magic every yeah. time. The magic. I also I choose the magic all the time now. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's quite comforting as well, because when you realize when things aren't going your way or the way you want it to go, there's a reason for it. And then pay attention mm -hmm. to it. And, okay, what's the lesson there? Or what is it just trying yeah. to show me? Yeah. And then you realize there is a bigger thing unfolding and, and you just, it's just a happening. It's, it's yeah. all just a happening. Yeah, the big happening. <laughs> the big mystery. Yeah, yeah. The, the big mystery, the mystery that drives us forward. Um, so thank you, first of all, for taking the time to be here today. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. Um, yeah. I love, I love hearing people's stories because I feel like everybody has something just by their story, something to share that somebody else can take away. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the spirit of that, I would love to start off with potentially, I don't know, you were telling me about the last time you came over, um, you started with the rowing or the kayaking. Mm. You were professional at that. Yeah. Um, maybe we can kickstart off with there a little bit about your background okay, cool. and then how Way that, back. how that, trans <laughs> how that, that mindset transitioned into your, your kind of life that you're living now. Um, mm. Okay. Bit, yeah. For people for the random few that actually don't know you. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I grew up in the UK, in a part of the UK called Surrey, which is like the home counties. Um, and it's on the River Thames, just outside London. And yeah, I, I, at the age of eight years old, I started kayaking. And then I joined a kayak club. And it just happened to be one of the best, most world-class racing clubs in the world, Elmbridge Canoe Club. And I just got obsessed with it. And I love being on the water. I'm much like you. We love being in or on the water and like, so to be in a kayak on the river every day was just, was kept me sane. And it was like, I didn't realize it. I didn't have the awareness at the time of what was really going on, but that was what was really helping me um, through all sorts of things in my life. And 
that was like the most consistent thing that I could come back to. And I got quite good at it. And I enjoyed being good at it. As with all these things, if you're good at yeah. something, like it's a bit more fun, especially in a sport where it's like competitive and it's measurable and um, progress is measurable. So it's like something I could focus on and a really positive um, channel for my energy. I, I have a lot of energy. Like yeah. I think a lot of us have, a, especially when we're kids, we get so much energy coming through. And if I, I could have very easily been one of the very naughty kids that was just like wreaking havoc in yeah. my local community if it wasn't for directing <laughs> okay. that energy into a sport. So I look back on that now, I'm like, whoa, that was mm. such a, a gr- such a win for me to get obsessed mm. with that. Um, and by the time I was 15, I was training twice a day, most days, and I was on the British team, junior team. And I'm not the biggest dude, and kayaking is one of those things where if you're a bit bigger, it kind of helps. It is power to weight, kind of, but um, big dudes and bigger women do well. Like, mm, it's, mm. It's, it's a strength sport. Sure. Um, so I had to finesse my way to speed. I had to finesse my way to the top a little bit. So I had to focus on like technique, much like swimming, okay. without going and doing a whole podcast about kayaking technique. <laughs> like, like with swimming, you're using um, the paddle as your hand yeah. and you're grabbing a piece of water and you're like moving yourself past it mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like scooping it. And so there's loads of like little finesse technique bits and I loved that. And I had to love it because in order to keep up with the big guys, I had to be more efficient. Um, And I also had to outsmart them. So all of a sudden, the small things become that much more important. Tiny little little adjustments to technique. Anybody who's been a swimmer or like um, where you have to drill that technique, it's distance per stroke. And so I loved that. And I loved being able to beat people who are faster than me at marathon racing because it's very tactical and you get to move around a group and... A bit like um, cycling, where you can slipstream. Um, with kayaking, you can sort of ride the little wa- the wake that comes off of someone's boat and save a bit of energy. And there's loads of tactics with moving around in marathon racing like that. So I, I loved that. And I got really good at marathon racing, and I won the Junior Marathon World Championships and in 2003. And then... It took me seven years to get my next goal, which was to win the Senior Marathon World Championships um, in 2010. Um, And yeah, had a great time. Almost went to Beijing, got very, very close. And um, that was therapy for me in the early years, being on the water. Like, um, I'm Pisces. And I just, to be in or on the water is like home for me. Muscogra is so beautiful. Right. <laughs> yeah, and Cape Town generally, just yeah. surrounded by ocean mm. and waterfalls and yeah. just nature generally. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, so that was my sort of childhood growing sure. up. But it also gave me the travel bug because when I was 15, I was like being taken away to Europe with the team to go and race other people. And then I started making friends around Europe. And then sometimes I'd, um, I'd be racing those, those people, people from Belgium, people from Denmark, Norway, okay. I'd make friends with them, and then as I we'd race each other in all the age categories, growing up into senior, and so become quite good friends, and then we'd go and go away on training camps together, basically a holiday where we'd just go and like beast each other <laughs> at training for like two weeks, 
um, it, yeah, it was, it was really fun and I really appreciate that okay. being sort of directed into a sport like that when I was younger. And it, but then, then I realized, oh, there's a lot of traveling to be done. Yeah. And every time I go somewhere to go race, I'm so focused on the race. It's almost like going there for work. Like I don't yeah. get to really experience the place that I'm going to cause I'm so mm. focused on my mission. Um, and then I knew that as soon as I stopped kayaking, I'm going to travel the world somehow and just explore this planet. Um, so I guess I, I was actually one of the kickstarters of the original GoPro when it came out. This is kind of like how I got into film. Okay. Um, and I had already started taking photos. I enjoyed taking photos, but I was like, how can I film my kayaking races? And how yeah. so this GoPro came out and I was like, stick it on the back of my boat and then I can yeah. film the whole thing. Um, did that, made some fun films, really enjoyed the editing process and that became my creative outlet as well as photography. Um, so I do that for fun. Never really thinking oh, I want to do this as a career or a job one day. Mm. At the time it was actually fun and also I'd stick my sponsors logos at the beginning of the films, okay. um, my little kayaking mission films and then they'd send me more gear and they would, I'd be like okay so I'm kind of marketing myself before that was all actually my career yeah and then one day one of someone that I looked up to really highly was like you know your films are actually pretty good like you have you considered like doing that as a career I was like fuck I um, was looking for something mm. outside of kayak because there's no money in kayaking yeah <laughs> there's like yeah. nothing it's not a very popular sport people think it's rowing <laughs> and yeah it's the only place in rowing that I'd have is probably like the little cocks that steers the boat in those, mm. you know, I like, I'm not tall enough to be a rower. So yeah. I was like, okay, how do I make money? Film looks like a good opportunity to do that. Mm. Started doing that. Then I somehow got on the YouTube train really mm. early. Okay. Um, just, I, and I started making daily videos when there was only about 15, 20 people in the whole world making daily videos. Sure. And everybody who was a YouTuber back then, the, the daily vloggers, as we were known, making our YouTube vlogs, we were like, people didn't understand us. We were like a strange breed. Like the, most people <laughs> are struggling to make one video a week and we're making one every single day and people are like, what the fuck, dude? Like, how, mm. how do you even do that? But it was actually quite easy because you don't, have a, you don't struggle with the story. The story starts in the morning and then it goes throughout the day and then it ends at night. And mm. whatever you do during the day is the, the story. story. And it doesn't have to be perfect um, yeah. as long as you just keep getting them out. And so that was my ticket to growing my subscriber count on YouTube up to like 700K plus. And yeah, within six months I was like making money from YouTube and I was yeah. getting brand deals and sponsorship opportunities and starting to create... Um, and amass a bit of a community online. Mm. And then I directed them to Instagram back in the day when you couldn't even upload your own photos. You had to take the photo in Instagram. It was oh, like wow. early days Instagram. Really? Um, I've seen all of the progressions of Instagram and, and had to try and work with them all as well. Okay. Um, this is a long story. No, no, this <laughs> is awesome. I, like it's, uh, what I like is the... I mean, it's the same, to some degree, I was thinking of like Joe Rogan as the podcaster back in the day when he started doing these long form conversations with people like, what are you doing? And now it's, but he was at that early stage doing his thing and it's, it's, 
it proved to be a really great thing to do. Yeah, he just did it because it felt good for him. He's yes. like, why would I interrupt people or edit this or yes. cut this down? Or, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm also a big fan of the long form mm. content. Yeah. Um, just, and I'm a big out. fan of podcasts as well, generally. I feel like, and, yeah. and maybe whoever's watching or listening to this, you <laughs> might feel like you're joining in with a conversation yeah. or just overhearing a conversation. Mm. I think that's really, can be quite. Um, therapeutic in a way yeah yeah especially with the kinds of conversations we want to have on our podcast now which are <laughs> a little bit deeper yes and at a time now when um i think a lot of people are doing a bit of inner work and like mm -hmm. beginning their in their inner journey and their healing mm -hmm. journey they're asking like deep and meaningful questions like why am i here like yeah. well, what does it mean to be a human what is the point of what, like <laughs> somebody please explain why there's so much suffering you know that certainly was my entry. And I think it's a lot of people's entry for doing the inner work. Mm. And so it's exponentially valuable to humanity to speak to these things, mm. even if we don't really know what's going on, but we can speak to our own experiences about yeah. awakening and yeah. all of these things. I, I really want to, yeah, actually segue into that. And um, as, as somebody who's, you know, rode that wave of the, the online presence and, and whatnot, um, you know, only recently actually getting to know who you are and, and, and seeing what you, uh, what you post about. And what I like is the, the authenticity of it. And I think people are craving authenticity. Mm. You know, there's a lot of kind of uh, fluff out there and it's great, but people mm. are craving real shit. Yeah. And um, it's nice, it's great to see people like you posting real shit, two things that people don't really want to have conversations about. Yeah. And um, on the, the kind of subject of awakening, I know it's kind of a cliche word these, these mm. days in the whole spiritual community, but it is a real thing. And uh, what, I know we, we touched on a little bit of the, the back end suffering that you had, and I think people perceive somebody like you who has an online presence and, and living this life that obviously is, is seen through videos and photos and whatnot. But there's obviously a back end to that and you know, have your own suffering in your yeah. own way and people yeah. are I suppose don't understand that and all but Yeah and they don't often see it either because it's it why would you put that on YouTube? Yeah. You know, it's um why would you put that out there? Mm. And and certainly the paradigm around mental health has been and certainly I, I used to judge people who spoke out about their anxiety and their depression. And like, why are you putting this out here? Like, are you, I was kind of going along with everybody else's idea who they're unempathetic, the judgmental, uh, like, mm. oh, you must just be doing it for attention. Yeah. Like, um, and little did I know, like I'm suffering from my own mental health struggles, but I didn't have awareness of it at the time. I was so busy distracting myself with creating this like mad life of, mm. um, but also, um, it's, un it's not popular. People don't, it's, it's becoming more and more popular now as a necessity. Like mm. people need this kind of authentic content. Um, but it was very, it was really easy for me to, and I'm not saying like every single vlog that I made, I chucked on this fake persona of positivity I was genuinely so stoked with mm. my life and I couldn't believe how everything was unfolding yeah and so it was really genuinely coming through mm. but there's only so long you can kind of just ride that high yeah there's um, always the opposite so yeah you can't and, yeah. and also like you can try ride it but it becomes meaningless after a while if you don't have the other end of the mm. spectrum the experience of like the lows um but the positivity and the high energy and the 
inspiring content also pays. Like it pays because you get views, you get lots of positive feedback and mm. positive reflections and um, okay. almost like in a positive feedback loop. It's like, yeah. keep going, we need you, we need you. And so you're like, okay, okay. And then the brands keep coming and okay. certainly my, my experience over the last three or four years as I've spoken to deeper aspects of my human experience um i used to work with like audi and sony and canon and and they they're not interested in um working with people who and who are like not creating popular stuff is and that's totally understandable um and now it's yeah now it's on on me to discover new revenue streams and do you do you get to that point in your kind of career where you you have to kind of go one way or the other. You're gonna, you can't keep everybody happy, and I suppose yeah. you you can get lost in it if you're trying to keep everybody happy. That's you know, yeah. uh, it must be quite a thing to navigate that world on that level, I suppose. And like I think you you were mentioning to me that, um, you know, when you when you posted it, you were actually struggling. You got some kind of negative feedback, like how can you be, and and trying to detach from what other people's perspectives are of you because that's their perspective it's not yours yeah. but yeah. not getting caught in, in that must be quite um, yeah but what was there a catalyst was there like an inflection point that kind of gave you the awakening to or, or was was in like yeah it was um, there's a couple of points I want to speak to on that as firstly is like the people pleaser mm. like there's I think a lot of us myself certainly I grew up thinking that other people's experience and experiences are my responsibility when I'm around. So if someone was not happy, I'd feel into that happiness because I have like deep feeling capacity and deep empathy. Like I can, I can feel the room out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's not always healthy. Um, and I've certainly had to learn to like rein that in and learn like what's my feelings and what's someone else because I'll literally just pick up and start absorbing other people's feelings. And that was the, that's a skill that I'd honed as, uh, when I was younger. I could feel into how someone else is feeling so that I could check in if they were having a good time energetically. And if they weren't, then take it on as my responsibility to make them feel better because I thought, this is, I mean, we can go a bit deeper with this um, in that I didn't, I hadn't developed my own sense of self. And so I was externalizing my sense of self and understanding myself through everybody else's experience of me. Yeah. And so if people didn't like me, <gasps> I must be a bad person. I need to change this and I will change myself to please you, to keep you happy because I only know myself through you. And I didn't have that sense of separation from other people. And yeah, that's, I think, and anybody listening to this right now is like, oh fuck, actually, yeah, I, I can kind of relate to that. Like, mm. I'm a bit of a people pleaser as well. Mm. It's hard work. It's fucking hard work. It's so hard work because you can't please everybody. Yeah. Trust me, I've fucking tried yeah, pleasing an audience of hundreds of thousands of people online. Cheap as it must be, yeah. I, it's futile. Yeah, <laughs> I grew up a compulsive people pleaser. My Isn't dad's it? been a compulsive people pleaser and seen how that can become such a negative thing. And I really let people just run all over me eventually because I was that bad at just trying to please everybody. Mm. And recognizing that, okay, is one thing. But then to start to 
try and change is another thing and trying yeah. to really set your own boundaries and and mm. do your own inner work and own healing and all kinds of things where you like you said discover your own sense of self and not have yeah. it through other people and you asked me just now like what was the catalyst for that mm. change and the catalyst was like i'd had a fucking enough like i'm fucking i'm done i can't <laughs> yeah. do this anymore like I'm actually i'm done i've got no more energy left i don't mm. know who i am um okay. And I'm so confused because mm. some people that I thought were like really close besties yeah. are now actually making me cry on the regular and mm. I don't feel like they understand who I am and I don't, how, can I, how can they understand if I don't know who I am? Yeah. Do I even want to be doing what I'm doing anymore? Am I even happy? And you start asking these questions. And all of these questions that were kind of coming up in my subconscious for multiple years maybe two or three years, I just pushed them to one side. I was like, I do not want to deal with that. But then it all just built up over time. And it, yeah, it all just came out. Sure. And it, the dam breaks after a while, yeah. you know. Um, and the catalyst for the crack in the dam was coming off of my motorcycle. Oh, life accident. was like Tsh. yeah the universe was like uh, 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 yeah, yeah. this is the wrong path bro. <laughs> like or, yeah. or this no this is the right path but this is where it ends and this is where you take a hard left and yeah I was very lucky to come off my, my motorcycle I look back and I'm super grateful for that and I see that as a catalyst um, for huge change and I was also super lucky because I wasn't going fast at the time um, I was tearing around Cape Town on my super loud ktm like <laughs> wearing only a t-shirt thinking i was the fucking coolest dude ever just wearing gloves and a helmet you know okay. and pulling little wheelies and getting really bit overconfident okay. um oh. so motorcycle accident mm. okay so i was coming around a corner giving it beans leaning over and back back wheel caught and i got high-sided or high-sided myself over the handlebars landed on my left elbow and fractured the whole thing, like put it into many bits. Mm. And because of my kayaking career, I avoided pretty much all dangerous activities most of the time because I couldn't afford to get injured. If you get injured, the season's over, which means you've wasted almost like a whole winter's training mm. and all of that commitment of showing up every single day, just, yeah. yeah. So I avoided danger most of the time and also avoided all drugs and yeah. was very judgmental around anybody who like smoked weed or <laughs> like did and I was like throwing your life away bro fucking useless just be a why aren't you being a useful member of society fucking drugo and so there was that well, judgmental yeah. Yeah. athlete Ben you know okay. um, so anyway motorcycle accident this is the first time I'd ever been ever broken a bone I was okay. like 31 32 Oh, wow. Never broken a bone in my life, never had surgery in my life, never been under anesthesia before. Yeah. And suddenly all of this is happening. And it was really interesting timing with um, my, my partner at the time and our besties in the UK. We were going to go to Canada and work for the tourism board there mm. with our own budget this time. We weren't working for another company. We were like, we're going to make the itinerary. You're going to give us the whole budget and we're going to create our own two-week holiday and get paid to like 
do all our social media stuff and it was all lined up. Of course, I sent the email saying, I don't think I can do snowboarding with a broken arm. And they got back saying, well, if Ben can't go, nobody can go. Because I had the biggest numbers. I was bringing the biggest numbers. So the whole trip got cancelled. There was a lot of disappointment. And I was like, it's kind of strange that you guys are disappointed about this. Like, I broke my arm. Like, mm. um, it's a bit of a strange thing. That's a little, I was a little bit, like, broken-hearted from that. Um, and the whole thing was just... It felt like my whole world was crumbling around me. Like, I um, I left my relationship as well of, of six years. And I and that was hard. And I, But I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know even, like, how to... I didn't have any emotional intelligence. I didn't know how I was feeling. I didn't know how to speak to how I was feeling. Um, I was, and I certainly... I didn't... A whole bunch of things in my life I just kind of ran away from because I was just pulling the emergency cord at this stage. I had no idea what I was doing. And so it was very tumultuous. And then, of course, I'm in recovery from surgery, and I've never sat still and just been with my own thoughts and my own feelings for a period of time like that when I've been so low. Um, and it was hell. I went through, like, three months of a solid three months of like wondering whether I even wanted to be here anymore. And I never got close to like actually taking action on ending my life. But there was, I can't, I lost count of the amount of days where I'd just be on the kitchen floor, just wondering if I was going to have the energy to even go to the shops and buy food. So I might, I'm not going to be able to feed myself. So how can I and I'd also gone into massive debt as well because I tried to launch a production company at the same time. Okay. And that just fucked out completely. Okay. Um, and so the whole world came down on top of me. And that's when I started asking the big questions like, what's, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? This is not how yeah. it was meant to go. Like, yeah. this is not what they promised me. Like, this is not... It was not the path that was planned. This is not the path that I was told would bring me happiness. This is, I've done everything that I've been, that's been asked of me. And, and I find myself in this position where I don't want to live anymore. What the fuck? Mm. So, um, mm. yeah, mental health is a real thing. It's so real. It's so real. Yeah. And of course I was, resisting it and being like no, yeah. it's got nothing to do with me mm. and I look back and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault <laughs> but, yeah. yeah and to, to speak a bit more to mental health I did travel the world with my through my vlogging and through my YouTube and I worked with many different tourism boards where I literally got paid to post Instagram I was living my dream mm. life I think that's a lot of people's dream life and why be. not like what's yeah, better than fuck. that you to know? travel and, and yeah, mm-hmm. create and getting to create every day. Mm-hmm. Like you said, yeah. But yeah. It's... Yeah, in in that um, dream chapter of my life, if someone had asked me, what does gratitude mean to you? I wouldn't know how to answer that. Um, I wouldn't want to, I wasn't interested in that. All I was interested in was like getting the shot. Like I was, I was competitive. So I bought my competitive nature from my kayaking days I was like, okay, I'm world champion at kayaking. I can be world champion at vlogging as well. 
And of course, there's no fucking finish line with <laughs> art and creative expression. Um, and if you create and if you get competitive around creativity, it's mm. going to end badly and weirdly anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you lose the essence of it with what, why you're doing it. Because yeah. you're trying then to, to reach a goal and you're trying to make something finite that is... You're making something, but where's it coming from? Mm. Like, is it coming from... Because you want to express... Yeah. Um, an art is like an expression of the self. It's an expression yeah. of an experience or an emotion or yeah. something that's... You're making the untangible tangible for someone mm. and yourself. Mm. And the process of it is a journey in itself. Mm. But when I'm making content, firstly, to please an audience, and secondly, to make money and on a deeper level that I discovered a bit later to affirm my own identity as I had like this codependent relationship with my audience where I'd make a video and they'd say, we love it, we love it. And I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm worthy. Like I'm worthy of all the good things in my life. I'm worthy of this mad experience, earning more money than I ever thought I was going to earn. And but only when I keep making the videos. And as soon as I stop making the videos, people are like, where's the videos? And I'm like, fuck, actually, you're right. Um, maybe I don't deserve any of this unless I'm making videos. Okay. And so it really... It's kind of like uh, an abusive relationship. It's kind of like an abusive like, relationship. That because I, it's codependent. Yeah, okay, that's so interesting. And not to place the blame on anybody else. Yeah. I invited all of this in subconsciously yeah. to learn from it. Mm. And I look back on it now and... I'm just grateful for all of the experiences and I had to mm. move through them all. Um, and I learned so much from it and now I can take that and speak to it and maybe help other people feel like they're seen and heard in their own experience too. Mm. And maybe they can apply some of the lessons that I've learned in yeah. the, to their life as well and just say like, look, it's not just a YouTube audience, it can be a relationship or friend, a friendship yeah. group where we feel like we're not worthy of being recognized by, by them or not worthy of being loved by those people unless mm. I achieve something or I mm. um, create something that's, that I can bring to them. Yeah. And of course, all of this has taught me in the end that like we are all worthy of abundance in terms of well, whatever abundance means to you, be it like financial or just love and mm. appreciation from other people and respect from other people mm. just because you exist, mm. just for being here. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. That's unconditional love. Yeah. That's like pure love. That's untainted. Yeah. And that to me is like true. That's truth to me. It's like, I love you, Darren, because you exist. Mm. And that's it. And aside yeah. from the fact that it's fucking brave for you to be here during this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got it. It's a crazy time. Yeah, yeah, with awareness of yourself. Like, are you crazy? Mm. Who knows? But yeah. It's, yeah, it's a challenge, right? So how, how can I put limitations? I'm limiting how much love I can give you if... You only deserve it if you've done this, this, and this for me. Mm. Or I'll only have you on my podcast if you've got 100,000 subscribers mm. or whatever. Mm. And so these, I mean, there's, there's lessons in all of that. Mm. But the main one for me is like, I deserve love from myself, firstly. And because I wasn't giving myself love because I was 
waiting for other people to tell me that I deserved it. Mm. I put a nice new film out for people. I made these these travel films called Visual Vibes and they used to go down really well. A few of them have got like over a million views. And I'd just get flooded with feedback and I'd just feel so loved and I'd feel like, it's like I can rest now. I can rest and I can, but for like two days I'd rest. Yeah. And, and I'd swim in that feeling of, um, well, I wouldn't even swim. I'd dip a toe in the feeling of receiving recognition and respect from other people. Um, I wouldn't dive right in because I hadn't learned yet how to actually receive love and feedback from people because I was holding this like humble, don't receive, like mm. you're never going to be good enough, got to keep achieving kind of energy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. That's so interesting. Um, going, just going back to the, the creative side, I, I, mm. I think it must be quite a challenge because from what I find to be true is with anything creative, the, the beauty in it is the being able to be in that flow state and getting into yeah, that the doing it bit that's, yes yeah. it's the it's the it's the doing and it's the the yeah being in that state where you notice the synchronous and you're really present mm -hmm. but then I suppose like you said when you get to, to a bit too competitive and you're trying to then do something and you're not in the flow anymore then you're forcing it and that's yeah. where you kind of lose the magic yeah you're trying uh, to control the outcome yes, of it yeah yes. rather than just allow it to unfold from you yeah for sure mm. that's super interesting and then um yeah, regarding the unconditional love, I think for me it's been a journey as well, trying to, like, only with literally in the last year of really delving deep um, with a lot of plant medicine and, and mm. trying to heal my own shit, mm. really understanding what it means to love yourself. Mm. And, like, fuck, okay. Like, stop. Like, what does that even mean to you? What does it even mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, stop stop being hard on yourself and in every form and every thought and just... And the more... You, what i found to be true, the more that I love myself... The, like that's all that matters because then the, everybody else mirrors that back at you because you are then it all starts with you that's what I realized like you expect all these things from other people like but it's all in reverse it's, yeah you set the bar you set like, the bar yeah, yeah. boundaries yeah. <laughs> yeah 100% yeah you make it very clear energetically mm. um, and the way we speak or where we show up and how we treat ourselves mm. how, how people see us treating ourselves gives them permission to treat us how we treat ourselves you know yeah. so if you love yourself and you have mm. really strong boundaries and you know what you need and you are very quick to um give yourself what you need that's that, a practical example of that is like going to a social event mm. um and like all your friends are there and maybe it's a bit of a party going down and there's part of you that's like I actually, I've got a thing tomorrow that I really want to be really focused for yeah. and um, it's not going to be conducive to the best result if I have another beer and stay. Yeah. And and so, and there's always going to be friends that are like, <laughs> you need friends that are going to be like, come on, yes. stay, like yes. to pull you into things and like to, mm. to pull you out of a bit of a slump sometimes. You yeah. need those people in yeah. your life. But those people also need to, you need those people in your life. But they, when you say no, they go, okay, cool, man. See you tomorrow. I hope the thing goes really well, you know. Yeah. And, but if you're rubber armed like every single time, mm. um, then they, what you're teaching those people is that you don't respect yourself and you don't respect your own choices and you just 
uh, um, don't have strong boundaries. And so that's how they'll treat you in return. All subconsciously. This is like, most people, this is all happening like pre-awareness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, mm. And so just to bring that kind of thing into your awareness, mm. like how do I, I, if I'm not happy with the way people are treating me, I, I can like, it's really easy to victimize ourselves and point the finger and be like, this person did this yeah. to me. It's like, yeah. well, you let that person do that to you most of the time, yeah. right? You know, yes. um, some things can't be helped and um, I don't want to victim blame. Mm. Um, but a lot of the time we put ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable um, and we feel like, oh, I deserve more than this. And rather than feeling guilty or feeling bad about that you can say okay i put myself subconsciously into a situation where i can learn once again that i deserve more than this but what does that look like i might look like maybe giving a bit of space between me and these this uh, a friendship group um that are just going down a different path to me like mm. if i'm i think a lot of people have come myself included really face to face with a lot of their addictions over the last year or two yeah, right because mm. we've all been going through the fucking ringer Jesus, and yeah. been locked in our houses of course the addictions are going to come up yeah. so if um i mean all addictions are like to be checked out for sure mm. but i mean you mm. can have sort of more healthy ones like exercise yeah. <laughs> yeah. some people just got fucking ripped during lockdown yeah <laughs> and, yeah. and others like just had like sank two or three beers every single day mm. and after a while it's like how many can you take a day off can you mm. how's that feeling in your body like um yeah. is that sustainable mm. and if you're putting yourself in environments where maybe you maybe during your lockdown that had to happen like for mm. me smoking a lot of marijuana like as marijuana is like my vice yeah or has been and I've been a daily user for a while and I have to take periods off to actually be in my body because <laughs> I'll just be all up here, like in the ethereal realm, like barely feeling things. And that's one of my sort of coping mechanisms yeah. for, it's like a survival thing to mm. dissociate. And I can do it through daydreaming as well. I just disappear off into a daydream so that I don't have to be here and feel mm. everybody else's shit. And, yeah. um, so during lockdown, I suppose a lot of people came face to face with what's yeah. real for them. Like, yeah, yeah. And they have to start setting their own boundaries and move through that journey in itself. But then we're coming out of lockdown. Maybe it's like, ah, I don't want to drink quite as much as I used mm. to. or I don't want to party quite as hard as I once did or stay up quite as late because I don't like that feeling anymore. Um, mm. and, and so then maybe there's f friends of ours or social groups that are, they're like, fuck that, we're going to continue down the path of self-destruction mm. yeah. in a certain sense with no judgment whatsoever because yes. they're perfectly on their perfect path Exactly, as well. and they're learning their lessons. That and you're learning that it mm. might, might not necessarily be for you yeah. um, in this, in this stage mm. of your life. And setting those boundaries is hard because mm. then you start to disappoint people because you've changed. Yeah. It's no, like, it is. It's a real thing, yeah. Yeah, and I've... And then people are like, oh, I've, I had this idea of who you were to me mm. and now you're changing. And mm. now I, I used to know myself through you mm. and this, um, this bond that we had over this um, substance, like smoking with your friends. Yeah. And so if I'm taking a break from smoking, 
but all my friends are still smoking. Same with drinking. Same, same with culture, drinking, yeah. Same with cocaine. Yeah. Same with like festival mm. vibes, like getting thick into the festivals. Yeah. And it's like, okay, is that serving you? Mm. Um, and know that if you're going to walk away from that or take a break from it because you feel like you need to, that's self-love. Like mm. that's really loving yourself. Choosing what you know you need instead of um, just doing the same thing that, where you know what the end result might be. Yeah. But there's so many, there's so much nuance to that, like having those kind of conversations with your, with your friends mm. or with your family or with your partner or yeah. who, and, and saying, look, we can still be friends, but not over a beer, like mm. every time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's spot on. I think definitely over the last year and a half, it's been like quite a collective dark night of the soul. Like... Shit, like I went last year for me, I found myself unemployed from March till December. Wow. And also I had to really sit with myself because everything I had known to be stable around me, my comfort zone, living the life, everything's like perfect, but mm-hmm. not perfect. I was battling in it and I had to sit with myself and go through all this shit and really reevaluate my whole fucking life. And um, mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's it's... I'm so grateful to have Tara because she's been like a rock for me to have a partner who can, yeah, the addictions come out in all kinds of forms. And uh, yeah, you just got to check yourself because anything can become a bit too much or a bit too much of a crutch or whatever, but they all have yeah. their place. And I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been a wild ride the last year for sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's been, in hindsight, one of the best things to have happened, I think, to a lot of people because... Mm. Um, through that you know you're kind of born through the ashes and then you're like okay mm. it's needed it's so needed yeah. like what kind of life do you want to create for yourself and then it's not about mm. like you say it's no judgment yeah. everybody do you do your thing but mm. maybe that's not serving me anymore maybe yeah. that's not working out for me I actually want to get to bed early these days because I prioritize my sleep because I feel better I'm in a better space so I attract better have more so, energy more energy to do more things that you love exactly yeah. and I started this year with like when we moved out to Scarborough and this place has literally changed our life yeah, same. <laughs> it's, it's so amazing yeah. and I decided you know what I'm going to enjoy my days every day somehow whether that's a walk whether that's ocean swim whether that's doing something to keep me in a positive emotional state Yeah. and prioritizing yourself you know initially it kind of seems a bit selfish but it's the most unselfish thing you can do yeah we're programmed and conditioned yeah, to we're be so like programmed. oh that's selfish yeah. Um, yeah especially people pleasers because we tend to attract narcissists Mm-hmm. And um, and the narcissist will very much make you feel very guilty for choosing yourself. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's hard to walk away from those kind of toxic relationships because there's deep. I mean, you you've been in the psychedelic realm, so you know the power of yeah. words and the yes. spellbinding that goes yeah. on, and the manipulation isn't. Mm-hmm. That people are like, oh, why don't you just walk away from that? It's like because you're caught in a fucking magic spell, like a dark magic spell with a wizard who's in his shadow. It's yeah. like a very powerful being. Narcissists are incredibly powerful yeah. wizards, yeah, yeah. and they're just in their dark. They're in their shadow. Mm. Um, so it's not always so easy. Yeah, yeah. But and but that's. I mean, what you're talking about there is um, choosing to do things and take um, take action. On the, on the things that you know help you feel better. Mm. Like going for a swim in the sea, going for a hike, getting mm. up early, getting sleep. All of these things are like aspects of a self-care and self-love mm. um, routine that keep you at a certain vibration. 
Yeah. And you know that you, yes. and it's not necessarily like, I feel fucking great yeah. the whole time. Although there is a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's certainly not to avoid the feelings of sadness. And, um, I think the, the addiction with marijuana for me is like a numbing out mm. of, and it takes me out of my body. I'm less embodied. And in the body is where all the feelings happen. In, in mm. the body is where all the emotions happen. And I'm learning recently that I feel things fucking deeply. Like mm. I f- I'm here to feel. That's kind of yeah. like what I'm here to do. And I'm really starting to learn and accept that. Yeah. And so it's no wonder that I get so addictive to being disembodied. But mm. um, so when we're, when we're trying to like maintain a high vibrational lifestyle... It's not that we're in bliss and ecstasy the whole time, but yeah. more like just contentment. Yes. It's so yeah. underrated to just be consistently yeah. content be, with yeah. your life. Yes. Yeah. And then that allows you to be more present. And then totally. like it all kind of spirals in the, in the right direction, I find. In the direction uh, of presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I mean, just touching on the marijuana, uh, I, I love smoking marijuana. Same. But I also had to realize like, I had to get kind of discernment because... For me, before I go for a walk, sometimes I'll smoke and I'll, I just really just feels, makes me feel so much more connected to nature, to myself. Oh, yeah. And I have these beautiful... That's, ins- that's being embodied. It is. Yeah. And then I come home and I'm like, oh, like I just had these insights. I was thinking about this and I really wanted... And then, I, then it's, it's such a beautiful tool. All these mm. plant medicines are. Yeah. But then sometimes if I'm going through a bad period and I'm like maybe then using it because I don't want to face an issue then I'm smoking, then I'm using it the wrong way. So I've had to like learn discernment and Tara's help with that. But... Mm-hmm. Because they they all are beautiful tools. I mean, the yeah. plants are one of the bi- biggest life changing things that I've integrated into oh. my life, and um, the discovery of plants. Oh, bro. Fuck, what they are that? on an intelligence that we can't even comprehend. Yeah, it's like we think we're so smart. We think we're so yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a real thing. Um, no, I appreciate you sharing your um, sharing vulnerably around your journey with marijuana because I think oh, yeah. I speak to a lot of guys, and it's a very similar story, where it's like. Um, I now quite often now with marijuana um, if I'm using it to escape she'll let me know and it won't yes, be fun yes it kicks back it won't be fun yeah and I'll just sit oh, there man. and I'll go even more into my head about the things I'm trying to run away from yes and, yes, yes and she's so intelligent that she's like I'm not going to let you abuse me mm-hmm. like this and it is an abuse of the medicine mm-hmm. and it's a lack mm-hmm. of respect for the medicine um, 100% so spot on yeah I discovered that when I did a um, breathwork journey with a brother of mine Jean okay. um, if you're interested in breathwork love it um, I know you're interested, yeah. but if the, if oh. the listeners are... And the, <laughs> yeah. You know Jean, do you? No. I He's in Hout Bay in Cape Town. I knew a guy, Mike, in Hout Bay. I did mm. breathwork courses with him. I did two cool. workshops with him. Life-changing. Mm. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. holy I mean, shit. It, if you're waiting for a sign to get into breathwork, <laughs> this is the sign. Like, get into breath. Like, just understand it. Just be conscious with it. Um, mm. It's an incredible... It's everything. It's life. It is. It is. Um, but Jean, he has a, um, a studio, studio called Bodhi Breathwork in Hout Bay. Highly recommend it. I did a one-on-one um, journey with him for like a two-hour breathwork journey. And I went to him and I was like, because when you do breathwork like that, when you go deep, it really um, cracks you open and allows the deeper emotions that, have been, that might not be accessible with just normal waking breath. 
um, the kind of ones that pop up after the most perfectly timed questions in a therapy session. Mm. You can just dive straight in with breath and see what comes up. And a lot of rage has come up in the number of all the different breathwork sessions. There's always some anger that comes up from within me. And so I'm going to Jean. It's like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like booked a one-on-one with him in Help Bay. And, um, and he's like, so why are you, like, what, what are you here for? And I was like, anger. I've got anger coming up. It's because the red flag for me is wanting to smoke every day. Okay. And I see that. And then when I do smoke, I'm in pleasure mode. I like, uh, there's no yeah. off button for my pleasure. Yeah. And that's like, um, if you're familiar with the Jungian archetypes of the masculine, the lover, the lover is like, knows no, no bars with mm. like the amount of pleasure. So it's like, yeah. I'll smoke and then I'll scroll and then I'll watch something and then I'll just eat. And I'm not even taking a breath between eating. And that munchies is like, of course it's, it's just constant pleasure. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, I need to bring some discipline in. And I think I'm doing this because I've got some unchecked emotions that want to come up. And he's like, interesting that you talk about your relationship with marijuana. It's like, if you're up for it, um, it would be cool to do sometime uh, a breathwork and Santa Maria uh, journey. And I was like, let's do it today, right now. So mm-hmm. had a little couple of drags of this beautiful homegrown organic sativa and immediately felt anxious because I was like oh god like firstly I didn't come here to have a good time (laughs) I came (laughs) here to like do the work you know and get the anger shifted out of the way anyway he's an incredible healer um Jean and an incredible space holder I felt super safe being around him and being my authentic vulnerable self around him and so we did we started to do a bit of movement and sort of did some omming together and then lay down 10 minutes later um, to go into the holotropic breath work and I'm fucking stoned at this point like I'm very high and then going into this deep breath within 20 minutes dude I was crying with laughter like I have never laughed before like I was a child like the kind of laughter where you have to you're trying to breathe again like because you're and you're barely hurts and the tears are rolling down yeah. and gravity doesn't exist and I'm just blissing out with Santa Maria and and then it occurs to me like that's the power of the medicine that's the power of cannabis that's the power of Santa Maria Mm. and um it just gave me a whole reset for like and a a reverence for this sacred plant medicine Mm. it's like fuck it's not just weed like it's it's so much more than that yeah um and that really helped. That was a big catalyst for like changing my relationship with marijuana. Yeah. To, and now when I do smoke, um, I make more of a ceremony out of yes. it. Like you wouldn't just chow mushrooms or drink ayahuasca or... You, you <laughs> yeah, make, you actually make it sacred. You make mm. it sacred with the ceremony and mm. you do... And, and this, is, this is why it was, worked really nicely with my friends when I was younger um, few years ago because we would make a ceremony out of it whether that would and Mm. the ceremony would involve playing call of duty and ordering pizza and listening to music and just joking and telling each other jokes and laughing around but the whole thing was like a container where we were journeying together with the with cannabis Mm. um but i also think like my my personal experience with cannabis is that it's really psychoactive 
I don't know if I'm having the same experience as other people. Yeah. I find it to be, can be very, very hallucinogenic almost. Yeah. Like I get visuals mm. and I go on a deep journey. It's very powerful. It's so like yeah. over or underrated because it's so widely used, but it's one yeah. of the more powerful plants I've yeah. found. Like people are scared to microdose, but I'm like, that marijuana you're smoking is a lot more potent than a, a yeah. microdose or something. Yeah. It's a really powerful plant. Yeah. yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I smoke weed and I want to maybe think about bringing more of a ceremony into it mm. or at least just like respecting it. Go into some breath work. Mm. Like take a couple of, like do the whole, roll the joint or whatever the situation is. Just go easy on mm. the smoking um, and create a safe space. Put some cool music on, like nothing like hectic, no side trance mm. and something that will create the atmosphere for like having a journey and being like it's a ceremony. And then just go into some nice deep breathing in a, in a meditation. And yeah, if you're familiar with breath work already and you want to do some like um, a few rounds of sort of Wim Hof style breathing and some mm. breath holds, the breath holds. I've had like DMT experiences yeah. with cannabis and breath before. It's epic. <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, it is really powerful. Breath mm. work is one of the key things that have changed my life. And it was probably about a year and a half ago we did we did two of the the holotropic breathwork um like ceremony things where it was about 10 of us also loud music and two hours and like he guides you and and but i'd never i'd i'd done recreational psychedelics when i was younger but i never really gone into like a ceremony space and just with the breathwork was the first time i understood energy to be a real thing Mm. and feeling love and just feeling like i was like what just happened in that i didn't take anything but i had this experience and subsequently listened to people like them half from that and then just now for me if i don't do breath work in the morning first thing like i notice my days and then i'm like Shit, i haven't done breath work for a day or two okay and it's, it's really it's a beautiful way to start your day and then set the tone for the day get your body oxygenated and then like go and just yeah. like it's such a beautiful thing to yeah. to be conscious of your breath um mm. And even throughout the day, have cultivating moments where you just take a break. Check in. Check in. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's powerful, man. I, I did, um, and I'm sure you, you, we do it automatically after a while. And that's, that's the power of like creating these new neurological pathways over time with consistent breath work. But also consistent meditation, where quite often meditation mm -hmm. is like in, when you do meditation, people encourage you to, teachers encourage you to like be with the breath, feel the breath moving in and out of the nose, feel the belly rising. And it's really just bringing all of your focus and attention onto yourself, onto the body and checking in with the body. And that's when you practice that over time, you develop the neurological pathways to automatically just go... <sighs> Yeah. just throughout the day sure. and also not worry too much about what other people might think of you going oh okay and, and also using your voice as well I find like yeah. um, if I'm feeling anxious to check in with my breath mm. and sometimes it will be quite shallow and so I can bring some conscious breathing in and just do some nice deep nose breathing into the belly yeah and then the out breath also just sigh and go, <sighs> and that extra, extra yeah. voice is like, <sighs> yeah, it's so powerful. And sometimes when there's like an ang angsty kind of room that I've moved into 
and I can feel everybody's energy, I'll just sit and do two or three of those and it can almost clear the room a little bit. I find it like has an impact on the people around me as well. And then when I'm yeah. around other em empathic people and they're feeling my anxiety, when calming that down helps them calm down and okay. we will just come into a bit more deep presence. That's beautiful. Um, all through breath, man. Yeah. It's epic. And I'm, this is totally new yeah. to me. I'm not a fucking expert on this yeah. at all. I'm just taking these like things that I'm learning yeah. and implementing them into my practical day-to-day -day stuff. Mm -hmm. So when someone cuts me up, on, in the traffic, in, which in Cape Town is often. <laughs> and it's like someone, like a taxi does a mad overtaking maneuver and then pulls over right in yeah, front yeah. of me. There's like previous Ben would have reacted to yeah. that and it would have been triggering. Yeah. And it doesn't mean to say I don't experience the trigger, it's just mm. I notice the trigger. Notice the triggers, yeah. And then I breathe into it and I'm like, that ain't worth my energy. Mm. And not like, fuck you, you're not worth it, but just like, I love you, Yeah, you're doing your thing. Mm. You're lost in your story, it's okay. Yeah, or like, taxis are taxiing, yeah. right? It's that, how that's Cape how Town they, operates. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like, if you had to put yourself in their shoes, would you do anything different? Probably not, so. Exactly, like, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, There's that ego that's like, should and shouldn'ting, yes. shoulding on people, as <laughs> my, my teacher, Andrews, one of my teachers says, like, don't should on me. Yeah. Like and don't shoot on yourself either. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, I should have done this. I like to change. He taught me to change the language there and change should to could. Mm. Like I could have done that. So you're recognizing and taking responsibility for the choice that you made, consciously or unconsciously, mm. saying oh, I should have done this. Now you mm. could have done something different, but you chose not to. Yeah. And so you're taking responsibility for that and not blaming anybody. And you're letting go of the fact that you can't change the past. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, you're empowering yourself to make a different choice next time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think I mean, we both um, admire Aubrey Marcus. And one of the things I learned yes. from him was, and he talks about it often is, uh, in his book as well, he talks about, um, there's a study done, a Japanese study on six conscious breaths. And just taking six deep conscious breaths. Okay. <laughs> Hey. Um, Apollo needs to take six conscious breaths right now. <laughs> Apollo constantly needs to take conscious breaths. We'll take a quick break, bro, and then we'll, yeah, man. we'll finish this off. Rad. Um, so we're back from a break, and uh, yeah, man, where were we? Breath work. Um, yeah, that study I was mentioning, so six conscious, deep conscious breaths has been proven to lower your blood pressure and really calm me down and it's phenomenal yeah. just six breaths and it's like it really works <laughs> it's amazing yeah. it? it's so simple so simple like why aren't we taught this at school yeah well, like why, are we why aren't we taught to self-soothe and regulate mm. our nervous systems um, um and i also wanted to like mention i don't want to go into that whole conversation but mm. radical responsibility like responsibility for yourself and yeah. making your own decisions and i think that's so much of what i can sense from you as well while you're speaking up is What's going on in the world at the moment? It's like nobody should have the right to tell you what to do, how to do it, and how to live. And restriction of personal mm. freedoms. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, people need to take responsibility for themselves and look after themselves. And I think totally. that's the crux of it. It's like, do yeah. you? Don't impose your will on others. Don't expect others to mm. be a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's been quite frustrating. It's been a triggering for me to try and same look out there and be like, okay, that's happening, and not get triggered and be like. 
fuck you, I'm not doing that. I'm not like complying with that. Like, yeah, but also fuck you, I'm not doing that. Yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah for yeah. sure. Like, because yeah. I think there needs to be more of that because mm. we're like, so that's like, what's co- sort of coming online for me right now mm. is like standing up for what I believe in. Mm. Like, I'm becoming more and more a sovereign being. Yes, like, exactly. I'm thinking for myself more and more. And that doesn't mean to say I'm totally autonomous now. There's mm. certainly programming that's still running and subconscious programming that I'm unaware of that I'm still operating from, I'm sure, on many levels. Um, but I'm aware of myself and, and many of us are. And there's more and more and more of us coming yes. online yeah. and we're not shaming ourselves or other people for being caught in a program mm. um, or in like a, some kind of fear matrix or yeah. conditioning like that. Um, because it's addictive, firstly, like we, being addicted to chaos is super real. Mm. Many people are in that addiction, but it's addiction is also like for me and my experience with I was talking to like addiction with cannabis, that anxiety feeling. Mm. I was like, well, this is actually quite familiar to me because I've spent my whole life feeling anxious. So yes. it's it's hard to move away from something that's familiar even if it's not good for you Mm. and i think there's like this um sort of mass hypnosis hypnosis. yeah Yeah, exactly and not as an observation not a judgment Mm. and that's a super important thing and but i mean we can speak to this on the internet and heaven forbid you go on twitter and start speaking about it yeah i don't even have twitter i can't even imagine it's just like a toxic like (laughs) gnarly (laughs) like it's 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 so polarizing what's going on but it's that the for me it's the strangest thing that's it's it's Mm -hmm. like this upside down world we live in and for me Mm -hmm. the more i become sovereign and get to know myself and i've never felt more clear in my life the more Mm -hmm. I, i get that the more, mm. I suppose, if you're stuck in the, the fear matrix and, and you're really lost in that story, like, people like us would appear crazy to them, but... we, oh, we are crazy We are them. crazy, like, but I've never felt more sane. But I know that I appear crazy to everybody else. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not taking that, I'm not wearing that, I'm not wearing a mask all day. I'm just it's ridiculous. Dude, it's like, just avalanches of irony. Yeah, like, it's, left, it's, right, it's, and center. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's, it's frightening because we kind of are in the minority, but I also believe that there's a lot more of us than mm. they make out. I'm optimistic. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think, I think there's way more, I don't think the, the controlled information that we are exposed to would ever let on quite how many people are waking up. Like look at the news, um, any na- mainstream news outlet, they're not covering the mil- tens of millions of people who are marching in the streets yeah. for their basic human um, freedoms yeah. and like let's not go down the comparative route of like mm. what's free now compared to or, and what's the difference between like freedom and, and liberty but like if we don't start using our voice and coming online like yeah. getting our voices online and speaking to things even yeah. though we might not be experts in them yeah just to because right now it's it's hard I've been trying to have conversations on the internet about emotionally triggering topics like vaccines like um mandates like mask mandates like um pass vaccine passports mm. and things like that but because it's such an, a, a polarized the mm. the media are uh, creating a polarization so it's us versus them mm. and 
as soon as you start trying to have an adult conversation from a calm place, you're going to receive feedback from someone who is not in a calm place, yeah. who is actually just like it or lump it, a conduit for the fear frequencies that they've received. And if you're in a calm space and being like, I don't think there's anything for me to be scared about. Mm. People who are really fearing for their lives because they've received all the information and they've um, attuned themselves to it and taken it on board as fact, someone who is calm is a threat to them because you're not, how yeah. are you so different to me? Yeah. Like you must not know mm. the things that I know. And I'm, the reality mm. is it's completely on its head. It's like, yeah. more likely you don't know the things I know. Yes. And that's, again, not from a judgmental point of view. Everybody's perfectly mm. on their perfect journey. Yeah. But at some point, it's like, I think, I think in the new age spiritual world, it can all be a little bit love and light and a little mm. bit like, oh, everything's unfolding in perfection. And yeah. I'm just going to meditate and love the world. And there's power to that for sure. But sometimes you've got to stand up and say, it's a fuck no from me, actually, yes. thank you. And I'm actually also going to call you out on this bullshit and yes. use my voice yes. because I trust what my internal guidance system is telling me. For sure. You know? And that's uh, hard these days because so the, other, op the, the opposite end of the spectrum is like deeply committed to not wanting to even understand the other side. And mm. I, I came across this really interesting thing the other day. There's a guy called Preston Smiles. I don't know if you follow him on no. Instagram, but he's like a life coach, spiritual dude. Okay. And he was talking about his teacher teaching him about the, um, the drama triangle. Okay. And it's like, a, as far as I'm aware, it's like how you create a good film, basically, how you create a good story. Okay. And the drama triangle is like the hero, the victim, and the villain and that's how you make a good story and okay. so there's this drama story and people are putting themselves in one of those three categories um in the story that's being sort of imposed on us um this narrative this mainstream narrative about what's really going on in the world mm -hmm. and the then they they'll hook you into their drama triangle and so if you've been living on an island, you don't even know what's going on in terms of the pandemic. Yep. You're happy as Larry. Yes. And then somebody suddenly turns up at the island and they're wearing masks and gloves and you're like, what the fuck's going on? They're like, now you're in our drama triangle and we're the hero of your, yours or mm -hmm. um, you're dangerous because you're not wearing a mask. And so now you're the villain and I'm the victim. And the heroes up there are telling us that we need to wash our hands and, do mm -hmm. and sanitize and do all these things. And so it's like, I don't want to participate in your drama triangle yeah. story, actually. I'm quite happy with a calm nervous system. Yeah. Because also, if there is danger, I want to be calm for it mm. so I can see all of my choices from being in a state of deep presence. Yeah. And when we start to unpack it like that and see it, again, not from a judgmental point of view, it's really important to not judge people and say, like, I'm better than you because I'm more aware of mm. myself than you mm. or whatever yeah um that's the spiritual ego coming in that yeah but to observe it and not be afraid to speak to it mm. and call it out 100 percent. i think you touched on a good point there and something that i also struggled with because not struggled with but sometimes you've got to call out the bullshit and it's yeah. like like you can go down the spiritual path and there's so like everybody is a light worker these days which is yeah. great but there's also 
people are getting lost in that identity. And now it's a case of, mm-hmm. I, I literally had somebody tell me that light workers that she knows says, you know, you can take the vaccine, it's fine, you can protect yourself with the white light. And I'm like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. That's, if you're giving advice to people like on that front, that, that's terrible advice. Right. Then you've got to call it out and be like, no, that's, that's absolute bullshit. Even no matter how spiritual you are, some of these things you've got to call them out for what they are. And, and you know, it's, it does become confrontational because you're giving out views that automatically are, are getting this opposition. But mm-hmm. it's a tricky one to navigate. But my thing is, what I realized last year was, because I've looked into history and I've read a couple of history books. And when you understand what happened in history, mm. you start to see what's happening now is petrifying. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the the mandates and whatnot once you start you know categorizing people into groups and and this and that like that's that is that always leads to to disaster yeah and it's it's that thing it's just like we're going we need to stand up and speak about things that are a danger to society because yeah. in the past it's led to over 100 million people dying in the 20th century mm. is these ideas this separation mandates passports oh you guys are less worthy than us you're not vaccinated or you are or you the spreading disease and now you vermin Mm -hmm. that kind of thinking it can get us into really dark places and Mm -hmm. it's speaking like you say speaking up about it is is important and i think Mm -hmm. we need to create awareness around it so yeah and it's not necessarily to come from a place of like i'm here to change your mind for you it's like well, those people will, some people, it's not most people, I'd even say in our lifetime, most people, it's not in their journey to necessarily have like a spiritual awakening yeah, or to take a step back and see things for how they really are. Mm. Um, and it's certainly not on us to say whether that's, that should or shouldn't be like that yeah. um, or that's right or wrong. So that's um, where I've struggled now. Like I've gotten mm. to the point where I'm trying to dissociate myself from getting stuck in that drama and being like, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's having their experience. But then where do you into like yeah. finding that balance? I yeah. And I think a good direction for our energy is to do exactly this. Yeah. And to be aware also that we are also in a bubble, like in a little mm. spiritual bubble. Mm. Um, and to, but to support each other and find your community, like mm. find your tribe. Mm. If you're out and you're listening to this right now and it's like, all of my friends are actually freaking out at me because I'm taking a minute to decide whether I want to get the vaccine or not. And suddenly like I'm being pointed at and being told and being hooked into their drama, tri- drama triangle being told you're dangerous. You're going to, I've had messages from people on Instagram saying this rhetoric that you're speaking to about, um, and also labeling me an anti-vaxxer, of course, it's like polarizing language. Yeah. It's like, if you're not this, then you're that. It's like, we're talking about health here. There's a bunch of nuance, like infinite <laughs> nuance, in fact. But a lot of people are like freaking out because all of their friends are like getting their selfies with the vaccine stickers and stuff. And they're like, did my part for humanity. And it's like, that's part of your journey. I don't feel like it's part of mine. And there's something in here that's like, fuck there's like a red flag there's an alarm going "Mm, mm, mm." and it's like it's frightening because it's dividing people Mm. and that's kind of the whole idea of it yeah if the narrative was like we have this vaccine if you feel we don't like we don't honestly we don't know like if it's gonna even be um 
helpful or not. Mm. We think it is. Here's all the science to say it is, but here's also all the science to say it's not. Yeah. And so it's kind of up to you. And yeah. we would never want to impose ourselves or coerce you and take mm. away your God-given free right, free will right to choose yes. what goes into your body or not. Then I'd be like, okay, cool. And it probably wouldn't separate families quite so much or friendship mm. groups or whole nations. Yeah. But this ain't about health. Yeah. It's not about the vaccine. It's not about like saving lives. Mm. It's about dividing people again on another yeah. issue yeah. so that we can continue bickering against each other and do another hundred years of this fuck show of a yes. system that is yeah. like incredibly oppressive and not actually working out for anybody, mm. anybody. 100%. So as soon as we all just stop, put the vax, anti-vax, like mm. polarizing language down and actually have a conversation and say, okay, well, what do you want? Mm. What do you want in life? Well, fundamentally, love. Like, I want to feel loved. I don't want to feel fear all the time. I want to be calm. I want to just be free to, like, do my job and earn my money and have a family. And I want health as well. I want good health. It's like, okay, we want health. Mm. Let's talk about health. Yeah. What are the key fundamentals of health? What are the pillars of health? Like, are, you, are, we, are we continuing, actually, to agree to participate in a system that isn't interested in our health or our well-being at all nobody's nobody's talking about like getting more sleep yeah. like eat like switching to organic food it's like well not everybody can afford organic food why not let's go down that route why are we the only species that has to pay rent to be here mm. like food grows in the ground mm. like water is free like yeah. soon we're going to be paying for clean air so yeah. just the commodification of everything should raise a few red flags of the current system that we're operating under. And I'm not saying, like, do away with economy or capitalism. Mm. I'm just saying, like, the system's... I'm not going to say it's broken. I'm going to say it's working perfectly well to do the job that it was designed to do. Mm. And that doesn't involve the masses thriving. Yeah. It involves us barely surviving. Mm. And... I don't know about you, but I want to see some fucking change. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and just a conversation on health, like I said, it's such a nuanced, like it's, it's, there's so many levels to health. There's so many, yeah. you could talk for days on health. I mean, it's, yeah. so you can't put it into one category. There's, yeah. there's, there's it's endless conversations. And what you need is not what I need. Exactly. And what I need is not what you need. 100%. You can't just black or white mm. it. Like, mm. it's mad. But like you said, yeah, the science on this side. Yeah, the science on this side. You look at the facts. You decide for yourself and your health what's best. And like, mm -hmm. that's it. That that would, not this polarizing, like you said, divide and conquer. It's, yeah. it's, trying to not feed into that system. Um, yeah. that's what I've struggled with. But I, I'm definitely mm -hmm. navigating it a bit better. But yeah, it's. I'm optimistic. I'm seeing a lot of more people speaking up. A lot more people. As much as there's the backlash, it's like you know what. There's so many more people who are speaking up and, and saying yeah. things and, and are waking up to a bit more what's going on. Um, yeah. Realizing that, yes, there is something going on, but there's a lot much bigger picture. And once you start to question certain things and yeah. come to your own realizations. Before I forget, I want mm. to, uh, before we end of this podcast, I really want to... Does it have to end? right? We should just do this live next time and just <laughs> yes, go for 12 hours. We must do a live session. Yeah. I think so. I've never done a live, so I'd love Me, to. I did one my first one last night. Okay. Mm, yeah, a live podcast. Okay. Nerve-wracking. Sure, I can imagine. <laughs> I was going into breath often. I was like... <sighs> 
<laughs> I'd be a nervous wreck. But I think it, I like yeah. I like pushing the comfort zones. It's, it's quite yes. exhilarating, and it's like yeah, it's quite nice. It's a growth edge. Yeah, like. It really is. Mm. The auto codes, the downloads, the little moments oh, you the had otters. that. Yeah, I have mm. been in Chicago and I haven't even I've heard about the otters. I haven't seen them. I know you said you yeah. had a quite a cool moment with them that yeah. evening. Like, well, what happened there? So otters, there's a family of otters in the reserve just here, and like you've heard of them. I never, mm. I didn't know. I've only been here for a couple of months. Mm. Um, but yeah, I had, and I, I explained this story in great depth um, on a podcast, um, and. But yeah, the, 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 the short version is like, I went for a swim at sunset and it was like raining and miserable and I kind of didn't want to do it, but I, was had, I had just a bit of a shit day and I was like, hard reset in the ocean is what mm. I need. And sort of trundling down there and I got to the boardwalk and I could hear um, this rustling in the reeds and the, there's a river that goes through down onto the beach mm. from the mountains and... I was like, fuck, there's someone's dog is like stuck in the reeds, like trying to get out, and I'm gonna have to wade across the river and rescue a fucking dog. And here for it. I'm down for it. Like, It'll probably be Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. Everyone surprised me. Yeah. yeah but, no. um, and then I looked a little bit closer, and out of this little gap in the reeds, this otter's head popped out and like checked me out. I was like, hey. And immediately I was, my day completely switched on a dime, like and I had this tingling up my spine. It was almost like when um, MDMA or mushrooms start coming on and you're like, whoa, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that kind of feeling, like a raise of my vibration. And I just sat cross-legged on the boardwalk watching these otters. Yeah, and like three more of them popped their heads out and they were big. They were like almost the size of Apollo. They were like pretty big doggos, <laughs> like medium doggos. Yeah. And um, sea doggos, I suppose. Oh, that's a seal, isn't it? A, yeah. seal, a seal is a sea puppy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, yeah, these otters, I had, I'd spent the day sort of pondering, everybody's talking about freedom, like how freedom's being taken away. Like, what does freedom even mean? Like, mm. um, and so I was, I was kind of, that was on my mind. And then I felt like I got like a, for want of a better word, like a download. More like mm. I remembered something yes. that was activated in me by this current situation where I just immersed myself in this um, natural environment where the river is flowing and the reeds are like moving back and forth and these otters are checking me out. And the otters, the connection between the otters, like us watching each other, kind of hooked me into that space for me to completely just get out of my mind and feel into what it would be like to be part of nature and then I was like fuck I am part of nature this is I'm remembering that um yeah the otters are ottering and the the river is flowing and the reeds are reading and the clouds are going by and the rain's coming down and it's all just happening it's mm. the big happening it's the mystery right how it's mm. all happening and you can go in and dissect and find the infinite incredible cellular intelligence and all the mitochondria things that are happening trillions of activities it's not like a, a vibration literally mm. a vibration of a buzzing of life that's all happening synchronistically with itself in symbiosis rather and the otter doesn't think i don't want an otter today like 
it just gets on with it. And maybe it's um, a blessing to not have as much self-awareness. <laughs> Well, maybe they do, and they're just like, oh, those fucking crazy humans are, like, worrying <laughs> lost about... Lost in their stories. Yeah, they're lost in that illusion of self. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, they are literally a part of nature that's just kind of where we've separated ourselves from nature. Mm. And I just had this, like, realisation, like, to, to feel calm and comfortable in one's environment is freedom. Like, it doesn't... It's... And that maybe you're like locked in a house but if you're calm and comfortable and the, the your perception of what's happening to you is like oh that's out of my control it's like i refer to also nelson mandela mm. in his in doing his prison sentence on robin island yeah and he wrote a book an incredible book and he was friends with all the guards mm. and he came out the embodiment of love yeah. And that's not what's supposed to happen in prison. It's yeah. supposed to break your mind down and you lose your shit yeah. and then you feel like life's not worth living. Mm. So what he couldn't he couldn't control what was happening to him, but he could maintain control or he I prefer the word choice over control. He was choosing, he un, he had awareness he had a choice of his perception of what mm. was happening. So he didn't lose his shit. And so now, like, bringing that back into the freedom and nature piece, it's like, freedom is calm. Freedom is not anxiety. Freedom is mm. to have a calm nervous system. Mm. Freedom is to have the capacity to just go, yeah. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And if I'm not, maybe I can move. If I can't, then I'm exactly where I'm supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. And there's that's healing in itself and that's that's for me really like a good way of self-soothing myself yeah um and that moving to scarborough actually has been such a huge part of um developing or actually just getting used to having a calm nervous system yeah running on anxiety my whole life yeah. when my alarm went off at 6 a.m 5 a.m every morning when i was a teenager and i had to go training on a freezing cold river anxiety <laughs> And talk about race day anxiety. Fuck, dude. Mm. I, and now if I get a feeling of that in the morning, I'm like, medit uh, meditate or breathe or just remind myself that I don't have anything to be anxious about. And then I remember, I'm like, wow, I used to wake up every single day and just be anxious. Mm. That, fuck, I've got to nail my training because if I don't nail my training, then I'm going to fuck up the month and then I'm going to fuck up the season. And then on a subconscious level, nobody will love me because I won't win the races mm. and I won't make my parents proud and I won't make my country proud and then I won't be a functioning, useful member of society and then there's no point in me existing. Mm. All of that happens subconsciously in a... and then it makes my body reacts to that. Yeah. So mindfulness is bringing, yeah, bringing awareness to the thoughts that we're having and then bringing more awareness into the body about how we're, our physical body is and our nervous system is responding to those thoughts and then saying, okay, well, are those thoughts true? Mm. And uh, I'm not an expert on how to have a mindfulness practice, but that's kind of the idea of it. Mm. It's why people get into it and they're like, oh, fuck, why don't they teach this at school? Yeah. And it's like, well, because they don't want you to feel <laughs> free and calm. They yeah. want you to be on the edge the whole yeah. time thinking you're not enough unless yes. you earn more money and buy more shit and have more like 
power, but yeah. not power as in like the power of being calm in any given situation, mm. which is true power, but like this dominating um, trauma response power really, which mm. is like, I need to dominate you. I need to dominate the planet. I need to extract resources and take things, that yeah. kind of power, which is like this distorted yeah, yeah. power that we're kind of, yeah. that paradigm that we're operating from at the moment. So yeah, otter codes, bro. Beautiful. It's so <laughs> kiff, man. Um, wow. Um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Have you? Um, no, I haven't read that. Uh, it's uh, it's a small little book. It's absolutely profound. One with a little bird on about. Yes, little um, bird the on Holocaust. It. Yes, on the like it's Victor Frankl was in the concentration camps and he speaks wow, yeah, yeah, to I've the same idea as Nelson Mandela. But when you read his account and how at the end of the day nobody can take away your freedom, no matter yeah. what situation you're in, it's just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful read. So, I'd, yeah, uh, definitely recommend that as well. But thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. That Thanks was, for listening. Uh, that was beautiful, mm. man. Um, so many things I want to touch on, but I think <laughs> we're going to have to run, um, end this off. Tara's going to beat me. <laughs> she needs to do her thing yeah, and make a noise. But please, can we sit down and do another one? Absolutely. Um, because there's so many other things I, I wanted to touch on. but No, dude, I, I just want to also say, like, I'm super grateful for you um, creating this podcast and yeah, thanks, creating man. a space to have these kinds of conversations and we when we will never know and we can never know the kind of positive impact that you'll be having in creating this kind of space and the kind of activations or seeds that are being planted in the people who are listening to this not necessarily this conversation specifically but all of them and I also want to say thank you so much for your microdosing oh, yeah. um you. yeah you i i've been having such incredible experiences with the okay. um with the microdosing protocol that you've been amazing blessing me with and um yeah thank, thank you, you so much for that it's an absolute pleasure yeah that's mm. that's that's another topic as that's well. a whole another topic um, that's going to segue into the next one <laughs> definitely the next one that's something that's changed my life and i was mm. like you know what if i can and it really has helped people and it's a beautiful medicine yeah, if used the right way and, mm. and it's, I'm trying to shift the the bad perception of all of that and try and speak more about it and, and I think yeah. it is happening. You're doing it. So, You're so doing thanks, it. man. Yeah, man. And likewise. So on the next one. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. My yeah thank that's you. a wrap. <laughs>